What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith from ESPN. This is former world champion boxer Showtime Sean Porter. Hey, this is Booby Gibson. I'm Josh Craig. Hi, this is Joe Tate, voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you're listening to Sports Power Talk. You listen to Sports Power Talk. And keep listening, or it'll be wham with the right hand. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the University of Akron, WZIP Sports presents the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. No question, with all due respect. This is Sports Power Talk. With the latest in sports news. In other news, the Zips losing streak has continued. Just had to be against the electric chickens, didn't it? In-depth analysis. Astrology for women is equal to what Joe Rogan is for men. (laughs) Have you ever tried DMT? (laughs) And, of course, the hottest takes. I want Baker Mayfield because he solidifies what Cleveland is. It's only a game. Why you have to be mad? I woke up feeling dangerous. You know, bro. Hard on pitch. I think that was textbook top cheese. Cleveland! This is for you! From the best that Ohio sports has to offer to the best of the Akron Zips. Now it's time for SPT. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie, live from the University of Akron. This is Sports Power Talk on 88.1. My name is Jeff Longville. I'll be the host of your show today. Joining me are my analysts first, Logan Congrove. Go Zips, baby. And Marcus Anderson. From the 216 to the 330. How are we doing today, guys? Feel like talking some sports today? I'm feeling fantastic, Jeff. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Love to hear it. We got a good show planned for you guys today. We're going to talk about All-Star Weekend, preview the All-Star Game tonight, recap the festivities that took place last night and Friday night. We're also going to talk some college basketball. But first, we got to start off by recapping Super Bowl 56 between the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. The Los Angeles Rams won 23-20 to over the Bengals. In the final drive, Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup came up clutch. Then on defense, Aaron Donald came up clutch with a near sack of Joe Burrow. The difference in the game, to me really, was the fact that the Rams' pass rush got seven sacks, the Bengals two. I think that was the biggest difference in the game for me. What were your guys' thoughts on Super Bowl 56? I thought it was one of the most entertaining Super Bowls I've watched in a while. I like high-scoring games, and I just thought it was very competitive, very evenly matched. And obviously, I enjoy, as much as I'm a Browns fan, I did enjoy watching a team that's from Ohio. Got a lot of friends that go to Cincinnati, live in Cincinnati, so it was more entertaining to feel that way and feel for them. Obviously, they didn't end up coming away with it, but still pretty cool for the city. Um, But I just think... I think it was put on very well, and the halftime show was incredible, first of all. The halftime show was incredible. We can talk about that as well in a second. That made a difference for me, and I I just thought it was more entertaining than recent years to see two very offensive teams as well as the Rams, who are very, very good on defense, too. Yeah, I'll say the same thing. That was probably like the most competitive Super Bowl I ever seen, or at least in a long time. I mean, both teams, it was like they actually knew each other. They actually knew what they was going to do right out the gate. I mean, it, they wasn't, both teams didn't even budge. Like, they didn't even give, give ground to either to each other pretty much. And 
also um just so happy like you should have seen me at the bar like i was going through so many mood swings i had 40 dollars on the line I, I had it on the rams and i had <laughs> i tell you i was going through it and then i was just just felt like a roller coaster of emotions for real but the Bengals got absolutely got nothing to be sad about i mean because they got run the afc north for years to come um you forget about the Browns, Ravens, Steelers. I'm telling you, they gonna run the AFC North for years to come, years consecutively. Nobody's they they got a lot in the future. You see, I There's disagree. I I don't see the Bengals getting back there. I really don't. Not, not at all. Not not in the next couple of years. I think that was a fluke. Interesting. I, I find it to be a fluke. Could be. One of you guys could have just made a very hot take. I guess we'll have to see how that plays out down the line. Um, who'd you guys have winning the game? I had the Rams. I think Marcus, you said you had the Rams. Yes. Logan, you said the Bengals. I think. I did say the Bengals. Okay. I because I wanted to see the Bengals win. Right. Because there's a certain player on the Rams that I am not very fond of. We will get to that later. We will. But. Yeah. I'll, not yet. Not I'll yet. Be <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, but I'll, it just, I'll say, like, I, I probably have saw maybe the greatest throw in Super Bowl history. I mean, people, I know you, I know there's Bradshaw, the Star Wars, Montana, the Taylor, and then that Eli Main to Mario Manningham in the second round with the Patriots. But the no looker by Matthew Stafford to <laughs> Cooper Cub for, and it was on fourth down, I believe. Like, he did a no look pass. Like, and it was really coming, like he really rife with that thing. I was and I was like I said, that's probably the greatest throw I ever seen in Super Bowl history. The greatest throw in Super Bowl history, I would say probably. Stafford deserved it too. It was time. Indeed. Indeed. Best duo in the NFL right now, Stafford and Cub. Yeah, so for me, I like I said, I had the Rams, but if the Bengals would have won, I ultimately wouldn't have cared because these are two teams that we're not used to seeing in this position. And Bengals beat the Chiefs, so I was going to be happy with that. Um, halftime show was incredible. I think that my my favorite part was probably 50 showing up because he wasn't advertised. All of a sudden, I heard in the club, and I was like, oh, no way. I thought that was pretty dope, too. Yeah, so and he I did it just like the music video. He hung down like the spider. Right. Um, yeah, I thought everybody did very well. Kendrick's part was a bit weird to me. You see, the fact that Kendrick was the worst part of that halftime show shows how good that halftime show was. True, very true, indeed. I just, I don't know. I feel like they just didn't do his part as well as everybody else. He, his song, I mean, he's got so many good songs. I just didn't, I wouldn't have picked that one out of all yeah. the things that he I mean, could I like have chosen. All right. I do, but, too. Yeah, I feel like he didn't really fit, like, the theme of the Super Bowl. No. I think something no. like Humble probably would have been. Yeah. Better. Yeah. And I don't know, just the way that Kendrick, the way he was moving and speaking, I don't even know how to describe it, but I, don't, I actually kind of found myself, like, busting out laughing <laughs> he was doing this part, but I thought everybody else um, did very well. Incredible game. I got to just relax and watch a Super Bowl for the first time in a very long time. Cooper Cup walked away with Super Bowl 56 MVP with eight receptions for 92 yards and two touchdowns, including uh, the go-ahead touchdown at the very end. Uh, I am very happy for the Rams in general. Um, happy that Stafford finally was able to get out of that rut in Detroit. And when he was surrounded with actual talent besides just Megatron, you saw what he was able to do. Very happy for Matthew Stafford. I know Jared Goff is somewhere in Detroit sick. Well, maybe he should be better, man. 
Maybe he should be better. Facts. Very happy for Cooper Cup. Capped off an incredible regular season with the Triple Crown and then winning the Super Bowl and then the MVP. Very happy for Aaron Donald, who got that one thing that was missing from his resume, that Super Bowl ring. Very happy for Von Miller winning his second ring, uh, even though we traded him to the Rams. I still love Von. Very happy for him. Happy for every single Ram. Except for one of them. Except for one. Except for one of them. Odell Beckham Jr., I could care less that you have a Super Bowl ring. Um, I really started to not like Odell towards the end of his stint in New York. And when it came to Cleveland, I still didn't like him. Didn't like the way he left Cleveland. And I'm not even a Browns fan. But if I was a Browns fan, I would imagine that my feelings toward Odell would be increased ever so, ever so slightly. You see, I am a Browns fan. That's right. I was about to say, Logan, I know I, you chomped <laughs> a bit. Take I was away, very, I was very active on Twitter throughout the Super Bowl. Anytime anything was said about that man, I, I have never seen sports media be on someone that has done absolutely nothing for such a long period of time. He... He scored one touchdown. What did he do? Congratulations. A lot of people score in the Super Bowl and never are remembered, ever. And I promise you, nobody will remember that Odell Beckham Jr. even set foot on that field in that game. I kind of disagree because of the way the media has been treating this. I feel like everybody's going to remember that play. I saw a tweet. I actually sent it to you guys. I saw a tweet of him crying on the sideline placed next to a picture of LeBron James crying with the Cleveland Trophy. And the it's caption not was, the same. same energy. It's not. What are you talking it's about? Not that was not same. even close to the same energy. Now, first, we do have to give Odell a little bit of credit. He did have two catches for 52 yards and a touchdown. He did contribute. Mm. But then uh, with 350 left in the second quarter, uh, he went down with that ACL injury. And at the time, the Rams were winning 13-10. to Now, I will say that the Rams did go on a little bit of a scoring drought, only managed three points up until that game-winning drive. But the Rams were still able to come through with Stafford and Cup and win the game. So, at least the narrative isn't, well, the Rams lost because Odell got hurt. But True. So, I think I'll, that... I'll, they, go ahead. I'll never... I will never, ever say anything bad about someone's injury. So, I mean, right. heal up, man. That, that's unfortunate. That's the second time he's done that in that same knee. Obviously, obviously, heal up. That's that's really terrible. I, I feel bad for him. Right. I won't wish injury upon anybody. Right. Um, However, when you are annoying and you force your way out of my team, and as Dan said, how are you going to force your way out of a team and then you're going to you're going to go to an already stacked team, offense and defense, and somehow you're just automatically the face of the team after doing nothing. It, it just does not make sense to me. Marcus, you're biting your tongue over there. What's going on, man? I got a lot of the gear off my chest right here. Okay. First of all, I liked OBJ for a long time. Very long time. And I think y'all just mad because y'all didn't know how to use him. Y'all know how to utilize him in our game plan. I mean, y'all, he just wasn't, he just wasn't right for you guys. I'm I mean, mad because he cried to mommy and daddy about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, he, I mean, same, same situation. I mean, knowing the Browns, watching them for a long time, I mean, besides the Lions, I mean, the Browns can also make you hate football. They can also make you hate playing football for what real. A hater. 
I mean, back, I mean, this goes back to 1995 when they had signed another big time receiver. I'm not sure if y'all remember Andre Risen. I remember that a big contract. And then look what they did to him. Dude had to mortgage his house to sign yeah. Andre Risen. <laughs> but anyways, it was a total difference. Like as I was watching Odell in Cleveland, like it wasn't the same Odell I remember watching when he was in New York. It wasn't the same Odell. And then now you see he's. He's sort of back to the same, not really back to the older. I remember back to in New York when he's in L.A., but he's back to Pro Bowl four. I will, I will say, I will not defend Baker Mayfield. I do, th- I do think that Baker Mayfield was absolutely part of the problem as to what was wrong with Odell. I just did not. I mean, you're an adult, man. Make it work. Don't, don't cry to your your dad and get you get you somewhere else and now you're on a stack team and acting like wow look at me I'm I'm such a great player no man I mean you're you had one good catch like almost that had to be like eight or nine years ago now around there no. 2014 I guess not yeah, but yeah. something around there but you had one good catch that brought you into fruition and somehow you were in all of a sudden a, a pro bowl receiver cool great man then you get traded to Cleveland by request first of all and then you're upset that your quarterback's not doing what you want. Fine, then talk to him. Don't don't act like a five year old and say, "Dad, please give me, take me out, please." Now, here's the thing: as a non-Browns fan, I didn't watch the Browns as much as you, Logan, but I I saw quite a bit. I agree to a certain extent that he wasn't exactly used properly within the Browns' offense. However, half the time when he had the ball thrown to him, he would drop it. So. How can you ask for the opportunity to contribute, but you fumble the bag, you know, whenever Every time. you are given that opportunity to contribute? That's that's my big thing with Odell. And I just, out of all the players that you could have made a big deal about, it should have been Stafford. Right. Stafford spent 12 years in Detroit trying to make it work before he finally said, I don't want to be here anymore. Odell spent, what, like four or five years in New York, wanted out, spent... Two and a half years mm-hmm. in Cleveland, won it out. I just don't understand why the media decided to make a right. big deal about Odell. Like he was, like he was trapped. It, it really, bu- you're right. It, it was, it, it really, wasn't his fault. He's yes, innocent. I don't. It, it really bothered me that after the game, the first thing that ESPN tweeted was a picture of Odell diving for the trophy, and it was like Odell get not the Rams get their ring, not. Stafford finally did it. Not, wow, Aaron Donald, what a great play. No, it was Odell finally gets his ring. Mm-hmm. Odell played five minutes of that game. <laughs> so I, I agree with you. I wouldn't have. The narrative for that Super Bowl win should not have surrounded Odell Beckham Jr., who joined the team in week 12. Right, and especially after he got hurt in the first half. Right. Now, granted, I think he did play well whenever he was in the game, but... The Rams were able to overcome his injury. So, I mean, was he really all that important? I think he retires. I really do. Uh, what, what I want to point out, though, is I think that the reason Odell, because he did play better in L.A. than he did in Cleveland. Right. But I think it's because he went from being the first option in Cleveland to the second option in L.A. Yes. He had less attention geared towards him. He didn't have the number one DB on him. I feel like that contributed to his, um, his success mm-hmm. in L.A. You got nothing to say, Marcus? We shut him down. We shut him down. All right. (laughs) First of all, ever since 
I would say ever since they got Odell in week 12, it kind of opened up the offense a bit more. Like, ever since filling, he filled in that spot for Robert Woods, like, excellently, outstandingly. And also, um, I think the Rams, honestly, truly, I think the Rams were never got there without Odell, Odell's presence, honestly. Because it did open up the offense very well. And then there was at times where Odell was used as a decoy. And, yeah, pretty much. Do you think next season when Robert Woods does come back, is Odell still the second option or is he the third option? I would put him at third just because Robert Woods is more familiar with the system and everything. Absolutely. And is he going to take lightly to that? Because I don't think he will. I think it'll bother him. No, he he will because he's will. I mean, I, I looked at all the mic'd up videos of him, mic'd up, mic'd up shows of him, and he's anybody will tell you whoever played with Odell, like one of the best, one of the best teammates in the NFL, a favorite teammates in the NFL. Like he's dedicated, he's more dedicated with the team's success than his own success. And so there's no question. Yeah. So why did he leave? Why did he force his way out? Because it felt it was a, <laughs> it was a, it was a. It was a diminishing culture over there. Okay, so shouldn't if he if what you're saying is true, shouldn't he try to change that then? Instead of running the wrong route, dropping the ball every time. I mean he tried Vaughn Miller don't ever go to Cleveland. I mean yeah, he tried. I mean I'll say he probably just wanted to go there just to be with his best friend, Jarvis Landry. Juice, you know. I think that had a lot to do with it too, but I think that when you end up on a team you're supposed to do whatever it takes to help that team have success. And you didn't do that. Well, it is. And well, it is the Cleveland Browns. And that's a hard thing to do. Steelers fans, man. They just don't get it. <laughs> is Marcus a Steelers fan? Marcus is a lot of fans. Marcus, I wanna, I'm want. i going to ask a question that I want the answer to. Why is it that you are unable to stick with one team and ride with them? I want to know the answer. Pressing. It, it, it's just hard. It's, it's like that. It's like that. It's like that. Janet Jackson song. What have you done for me lately? So <laughs> like, wow. Like I, I used to. I used to be a big, a big time Giants fan. Like during the Eli Manning years. Like during the times when they was being Tom Brady twice in the Super Bowl. Like I was a big time Manning fan. Like I used to cry every time they use lose to the Eagles. I used to get teary eyed when they lose to the Cowboys. And and like I said, like over the years, it's just. Relationship got diminished, uh, deteriorated, and like I said, what have you done for me lately? So I'm like, I'm basically like an NFL widow right now. So what you're saying <laughs> is, is that you're a quitter. When the, when it gets tough, you, you just don't want to stick. So you're Odell. You're Odell. That's why he likes him. Yeah. So let me ask you this: If the Browns somehow end up being good at one point, like really good, are you gonna are you gonna change your narrative on them and follow the Browns? Because I know a lot of Browns fans that will not like that, including. Our former director, Kyle Molinelli. Shout out, Kyle. Shout out, Kyle. Maybe. Maybe I would. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. So, I'll remember um, that, Marcus. As of February 20th, 2022, <laughs> Marcus, who's your favorite football team? As of 2022? As of uh, right now. As of right now? <laughs> if you say the Rams, I swear. <laughs> We're ending the show if you say the Rams, man. <laughs> you, you, read my, you read my mind. I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Mute his mic. So it's the Mute Rams. his mic. No. Okay. Who is it? I'm just gonna keep a secret. I'm an NFL widow right now. I'm a Free widow. agent. Wow. Dude. Now is it is it like that with all sports as well? Uh, 
Um, I mean, I mean, with uh, basketball, I'm kind of low-key stick with the... No, yeah, it's all it's like that with all of the sports. Okay, so Marcus is here at basketball team is the Bucks. And then if the Bucks don't win this year, it'll be whoever wins this year. Join the Heat. Do you that. know you want to join the Heat. Say it every time. The Miami Heat are winning you know, I, the NBA have, championship in 2022. You know, I have spent a better amount of time rooting for the Clippers since Slob City was in effect. All right. I mean, they're, I don't like that, but okay. they're not great right now, so I guess you can't really call them fair weather with that. Yeah. Uh, getting back to football. So now that the Super Bowl is over, we have a champion crown uh, for last season. Let's talk a little bit about next season. Who are your guys' favorites to win the Super Bowl? Uh, next year, Super Bowl 57. If everybody comes back, I think the Rams can get there again. But, I mean, obviously, you know, the Cleveland Browns, they're, they're going to get there. I say it every year. They will get there. But, realistically, like I said, I do not see the Bengals coming back. I do see the Rams getting back in the NFC. And the AFC, that's kind of tough. I mean, the Chiefs are always in the running. I do think that, oh, man, that's a tough pick in the AFC. I, I see the Rams going back in the NFC. I mean, it, it's so many tough because there's, like, so many rumors of many star quarterbacks that could be possibly moving around, changing destinations, changing dress codes. I mean, um, yeah, zip codes. I mean, zip codes. Why do I say dress codes? <laughs> I thought you were referring to jerseys. We're good. Nah, like, I mean... Because the Bengals are the Bengals are a great team, and you know when them winning the AFC North and going to the Super Bowl, and I think if that would be that would have been the same case if if the injuries didn't affect the Ravens so well. I mean, they had so many injuries from Marcus Marcus Peters, J.K. Dobbins, which I thought was gonna be a breakout star this year, and had so many injuries, including Lamar Jackson. So I think it was going. So I think the Ravens might come back with a vengeance this year, and then also. All, all my eyes is on Aaron Rodgers, where he's gonna go, and to to Denver. Yeah, and at a no, boy. no, no, at a boy. Two of the best destinations I say for Aaron Rodgers is either Pittsburgh or Cleveland, based I, on talent, based on roster, and based on what they got for Aaron Rodgers. I don't like Baker Mayfield, but I do not give up Baker Mayfield for the last couple years of Aaron Rodgers' career. I would prefer that you didn't do that either. Also, Marcus, you just kind of contradicted yourself because you said the Ravens could could do something. Then you said the Bengals are going to run the AFC North for forever. So I know. Which one is it, man? <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, as you see, I mean, the Bengals are, like I said, a great team. It's just, <laughs> but it, it could be a different case if the Ravens didn't have so many injuries. But we'll we'll see. Like right. that's what makes the NFL such a great league. It's in unpredictability. Right, and obviously we're talking about this way too early. The draft hasn't happened yet. Free agency yeah. hasn't happened yet. We have no idea. Uh, but based off of what we know right now, for me, I got three contenders in no particular order. Uh, the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Rams, for me, are the top three teams. Uh, I don't think Kansas City is going anywhere anytime soon, unfortunately. Logan, I didn't think about it. I, w- I would say the Bills as well. That was a good pick. Uh, Logan, to your point, I think if the Rams return everybody... They can they can get back there. Uh, Aaron Donald said as long as they re-sign Vaughn and for some reason Odell, he won't mm. retire. Scrub. Uh, I don't I don't want to see AD retire yet. I don't either. He's he's, he's he's still got a few years. One of the best players to ever do it. Three-time Defensive Player of the Year, Super Bowl champion. 
something that TJ Watt doesn't have yet. Sorry, Pat. Um, I don't I see them getting back there. I do not see the Buccaneers doing anything next year. You know, I, they, I saw a rumor that they're not looking for a new quarterback and they're going to go with Blaine Gabbert. That can't be real. I, uh, it came out of it came out of Arian's mouth. He said they're preparing to go with Blaine Gabbert. I mean, I saw I saw another report that the Buccaneers are doing like deep homework, deep re- deep review on the Sean Watson situation. I could that see that. Me, yeah. I also with the Vikings as well. They're doing I, deep homework on him as well. I also could see them going back to Jameis Winston. I would rather them not do that. No. Me either. I but like I also I could see it. I could I could too because he's familiar. Right, and, and now they have a better team, and they can say, "Hey, man, we saw you play. You went and played in Sean Payton's system over there. Played behind Drew Brees. Now you're a little more mature. We can bring you back here." Right. Yeah. I also saw a Pro Football Focus take, which I, which I'm starting to believe in, starting to lead towards saying that the Eagles can be the 2022 version of the Rams from last season if they, if they trade for Russell Wilson. I don't think they're going to do that, though. I think Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback. He's just young. Um, but, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see. The Bills, for me, I think they just have to get it together a little bit more in the postseason and I think win a coin toss. They would have won that game if they won the coin yeah. toss. I'm not, sure if that, I'm not sure if the offense will be the same. I'm not sure if that team right. will be the same no. without Brian DeVoe. Yeah, right. Brian Dable. Yeah. Um, and he did turn Josh Allen into the great yeah. quarterback that he is today. So that'll be very interesting. Now, in fact, right now I'm known as the I'm I'm putting out the Bills as the most interesting team to watch for next season. See how see the differences there. Good pick. Yeah, right. Change. Ideal scenarios for well, see, I can't say all of us because Marcus wants to keep his a secret. But for Logan and I, Browns Broncos AFC Championship game that won't happen. But it'd be Never know. Nice. Never know. Yeah, maybe we'll get Aaron. If we get a better quarterback, it might. <laughs> we shall see. Um, out of curiosity, uh, as of today, if you had to pick your Super Bowl matchup, who would it be? Rams, Bills. Good pick. Good pick. All right. If Aaron Rodgers go to Pittsburgh, it's the Steelers. And then out the NFC, it'll be the Rams. Okay. I don't think he's going to go to Pittsburgh, but... It'll be ideal for him. Shout out to the Steelers, though. Flores is a really good hire. I'm surprised that he took a position that low. So that'll be very helpful to the Steelers' defense. Right, shout out Brian Flores. For me, because I just... You know, even though they lost before the Super Bowl last year, I think the Chiefs are going to be back in the Super Bowl next year. Boring. And, yeah, yeah, but... Wait, Flores is new DC for Pittsburgh. He is a defensive assistant slash linebacker coach. He's under the defensive coordinator, but I'm sure their plan, if he sticks around that long, I don't think he will. I I wouldn't be surprised if at some point when Tomlin retires, Flores is next. I hope so. He deserves it. And uh, so I have the Chiefs in the AFC, and I got the Rams running it back in the NFC. So we will see what happens with that. Uh, We're going to go ahead and head into our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk some college basketball, including the Akron Zips. So stay tuned. Welcome back to Sports Power Talk right here on 88.1. My name is Jeff Longville. Joining me is Logan Congrove. What's up? Shout out to the ultimate Zip, Matt Kapler, my best friend, man. And Marcus Anderson. Back at it. All 
Alrighty, guys, let's go ahead and talk some college basketball, starting off with the Zips. Wasn't the best week uh, for Zips basketball this past week, starting off with a loss at Western Michigan, who currently sits at 6-21 and and 12th place in the MAC. Um, what were you guys' thoughts on that game? Tough. Disappointing. Absolutely disappointing. Embarrassing. They got to make their foul shots, man. I mean, come on. Um, I would like to point out, though, uh, this uh, rough stretch for the Zips is because they're playing, like, five games in, like, 11 days or something like that. So the energy level, I'm sure, is probably kicking in. They're pretty fatigued. Um, and coming off that emotional loss to Kent State probably carried over into this Western Virginia game, I would say. Um, giving up a tough loss to Western Michigan. And then the Northern Illinois game, again, same story, this time at home. Narrow defeat at the hands of Northern Illinois, 66-63. And before I ask you guys for analysis on this, Marcus, are you a shooter, out of curiosity? Uh, I never was, honestly. It's just... Mm, okay. Good answer. Good I mean, so. I've been practicing. I've been going to the gym, practicing on my shots. <laughs> I, I heard you got to work on that jump shot, man. Yeah, I, I heard yeah, from I a, a very I, valid source. According to a former member of this uh, department, this show, Calmo Nelly, shouts to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, uh, says, says my jump shot sucks. <laughs> he, uh, he sent me Snapchat of you shooting. And then, like, five minutes later, he sent me another snap, and he said he hasn't made one. I was I was pulled aside by him while I was walking around the floor doing my job, and he said, "Hey man, he was like, when you get a chance, walk over to Marcus and, and tell him his jump shot's terrible." Well, that's what happens where your coach back in high school don't allow you to shoot jump shots. <laughs> I guess that's a fair point, but then again, we just saw Cat with three point contest, so yeah, no excuse. Well, I'm not Carl Anthony Towns. Okay, that's facts. That's facts. <laughs> You're right, he's better. He's better than Carl Anthony Towns. That's right. Getting back to this uh, Northern Illinois game, uh, only 5 of 19 for 3, missed 9 free throws, really contributed to the struggles that the Zips went through. And we actually have a um, post-game soundbite from head coach John Gross as well, so we'll take a listen to that. You know, obviously disappointed with the outcome. I did think we played better than we did, certainly on Tuesday. Um The biggest difference in the game was just our inability to get stops defensively in the second half where they shot 64% from the field. Um, I thought that was a big difference. And then the first half felt like we should have been up by more, but we missed out on opportunities by turning the ball over in key junctures and missing free throws. You know, our free throw shooting picked up in the second half. Obviously, uh, we were four for nine at halftime and second half finished 14 for 18, which was better. And then our taking care of the ball got better. We had three turnovers the entire second half. So we missed an opportunity, I thought, to have a bigger lead at halftime. And then the second half, I think the story was us, our inability to really be able to stop them and stop their offense. You know, thought that uh, they had guys make some plays. We'll have to look and see how many of them were coverage mistakes. There's a few I can remember, but some of them, they made plays. They got in a rhythm. Um, I never thought we really got them out of that rhythm. We tried with pressing. You know, we pressed different times, zone press, full court press, trapping them, no trap, trying to disrupt their rhythm. But, you know, we weren't able to really have an answer for them defensively in the second half, and I thought that ended up being the difference. 
obviously a pretty disappointing uh, coach John Gross there. But it's okay because Akron bounced back with a 19-point victory over Eastern Michigan yesterday. Uh, what did you guys see in that one? I thought they played a lot better. I think they took the energy of the loss into the Eastern Michigan game. And like you said, they've, they've been playing fatigue, so it'll be nice for them to rest up here soon. But, yeah, good win by them. Um, just looking at the box score, uh, based off of the stats, the game could have swung. Like, if you were just looking at the stats, yeah. you might have thought that Eastern Michigan would have won this game, or at the very least made it a little bit closer. But the Zips were able to come out on top by a pretty good margin, and I think that the, um, the closeness in the stats could also just be contributed to just fatigue and just like, hey, man, can we get a break, please? For sure. That'd be really great. Uh, the Zips' next game is on Tuesday uh, against Bowling Green. Bowling Green is coming to the University of Akron. So hopefully that momentum from the Michigan Michigan game carries over. Uh, Bowling Green currently sits at 12 and 15, 10th place in the MAC. What are you guys wanting to see in this one? I'm wanting to see a bigger win for that. If, if, I mean, Bowling Green is they're not good. So if you can't win that by a nice margin, you're gonna have difficult. You're gonna have a difficult time playing the bigger teams. Obviously, MAC tournament is coming up here soon, and that's what really matters. And you just got to make sure you're prepared because anything can really happen in tournaments like that. Right? Don't want to go on a cold streak. No, absolutely not. Uh, I say they should definitely come out with the win right here, but I've been to every home game for with the Aggressives, and it's pretty much, they've been quite unpredictable or schizophrenic with their pro- play, pretty much. It's like a tell of two halves. Like, it's just them losing to NIU, them losing to Western Michigan, them losing to other teams that they should be beating and supposed to be is... They don't come out with victories, and they're unpredictable, schizophrenic with their play, like I said. And all they gotta do is find a rhythm because they're they're very talented, probably the most talented team in the conference from bench to starting lineup. And they just don't know how to find the rhythm. They just need to have that belief in themselves that they're the most talented team in the MAC, and we could do this. We could take this conference if we just find rhythm and know that we could do this. Right, right. Akron, again, going through a bit of a rough patch. Zip superfan and our own Pat Weber actually said in the group chat he was no longer going to any home games. Wow. I think that that's a bit of an overreaction on that. I'll I'll see you at the next home game because I know that's not true. That's right. Um, Just looking at the standings in the MAC, Akron now currently sits at fifth place um, with Toledo, Ohio, Kent State, and Buffalo in the top four in that order. Uh, as we look towards the MAC tournament, who do you guys think is walking out victorious in that one? Man, I think realistically, and I'm going to get so much hate for it, I think the Electric Chickens might have a chance. But I'd love to see the Zips come out of it if they get on a, a hot streak, and I think they could. But you have to beat teams like the Electric Chickens. You can't let them walk all over you, which they let them walk all over them twice. But I definitely do not want to see the Electric Chickens make the NCAA tournament. That that would sicken me, to be honest. But I do think they have a pretty significant chance. If we're talking, if we are really realistically talking about college basketball and the level of play in the MAC right now, they have a significant chance. 
Marcus, what about you? Uh, it was a very tight horse race, honestly. Uh, between uh, Toledo, Ohio, Kent State, including us up in Buffalo as well. It's a tight horse race right here, pretty much. And uh, yeah, it's a very tight horse race, and it's it's up for grabs. In other words, the back the back title is really up for grabs. But if you to ask me who who is very deserving of this title, I'll say Toledo. Toledo honestly. Good pick, good pick. Um, back tournament takes place next month uh, at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in Cleveland, Ohio. So we'll see how that plays out. Now. Let's go ahead and move on to a different college basketball team. I was kind of hoping to come in here with a bit, you know, more positive attitude towards this team, but we can't all have nice things, can we? Nope. Can we, Logan? No, no we, can't. we can't. So, the Ohio State Buckeyes, or as I'm going to refer to them in this segment, the Ohio State Butterfingers, did lose to the Iowa Hawkeyes last night, 75-62. to and the reason I'm referring to them as the Butterfingers is because the game came down to our inability to rebound and grab 50-50 balls. Like, if you didn't watch the game, let me try to describe this to you as best I possibly can. Iowa would miss. The ball would land in somebody's hands on Ohio State. And they just didn't want to grab it. So they just let Iowa take it from them and get another possession. The whole game. It was absolutely pathetic, and it just didn't matter what happened. Like, EJ Liddell comes out of nowhere for this massive swat, and the ball will bounce right back to the dude who passes it to his wide-open teammate for a dunk. EJ Liddell is so hit or miss. There are games where he looks absolutely awesome, and there's games where I'm like, how are you on the floor? (laughs) And last night was a how are you on the floor. Just a really poor effort from the whole team. Uh, went into halftime, only down one. Came out with some decent energy in the second half, but then about halfway through, their body language just showed we don't want to be here anymore. We need Jimmy, man. They need to put Jimmy in. That's right. TikTok star Jimmy Sotos. Um, very disappointing. I thought coming off of a really good 25-point win against Minnesota uh, was really going to spark us. Also, the fact that at the time we were undefeated at home. But Iowa ruined that for us. Just really killed the mood, man. Really killed my vibe. Pathetic. We did beat the team up north, for whatever that's worth. Even though that's worth not really relevant anymore. But I'm going to bring it up anyway because I can do what I want. Um, so at least we're still better than them. For but, sure. And it doesn't mean as much in basketball as it does in football, obviously. But Still, who cares? They're still a lame state. Yeah, that's right. Um, So going ahead and looking at the Big Ten standings, Ohio State now currently sits at fifth behind Rutgers, Wisconsin, Illinois, and Purdue. Logan, what are are our chances of winning the Big Ten tournament after yesterday? Very, very slim, Yeah. to be honest. I think it's decreasing as, as we go on. And other teams like Wisconsin, Illinois, Purdue, they're just getting better as we're getting worse. Yeah. I think that before yesterday, I was going to say that we we could pull it off. I thought that we had a slight chance, but now we're just not those guys, man. No. Nope. I think teams like Purdue, Illinois, and Wisconsin have separated themselves from the rest of the Big Ten. Yes. We, we're about middle, high middle of the pack, I'd say. We're a good team, but I don't think good enough to win the Big Ten tournament. No. No. Nah. And it's unfortunate, but it is. NIT. NIT. No, 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 no. If you actually watch the NIT, 
There's something wrong with you. No, NIT, nobody watches the NIT. NIT is so stupid. It's boring. It's this whole, you know, we have to give a, particip- a participation trophy to everybody even though you're not good. It is the dumbest concept in sports, the NIT. Yes. It's so dumb. Um, I would never hang a banner in my gym that said NIT tournament. I'd burn it. If Ak- Akron's State- got a couple NIT banners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. If Ohio State played in the NIT, I wouldn't watch it. No. I wouldn't watch it. Nope. There's Even no if point. I, like, knew somebody on the team. Nope. No point. No point. Um, Means nothing. Let's go ahead and, now that we're getting close to March Madness, let's preview some title contenders, give an updated list of title contenders. So, Logan, as you know, I've been rolling with UCLA all year. I don't know if I can do it anymore, man. Choking. I don't know if I can do it. They did choke. They did bounce back um, against Washington yesterday, but still coming out of two tough losses to Arizona and then Arizona State the previous week just really kind of killed my vibe. For yeah. But given what they did last year, being one of the one of the first teams out or in, one of the last teams in, yes. and making it all the way to the Final Four, they're going to be in a better position this year. So it, it is very hard for me to say that they still can't do it, but when you look at teams like Purdue, who's very well-rounded, Kentucky's been picking up steam, Arizona that just beat UCLA, you know, it's very hard for me to say... Yeah, it can still be UCLA, you know? Right. And uh, I think the teams like Duke can be involved in there just because it is Coach K's last season, and I feel like that's going to turn into, like, an emotional thing once uh, the tournament rolls around. I do question Duke's competition as they're the only ranked team in the ACC right now. Yes. They're not really playing anybody of a high status. Um, Villanova's been heating up as of late after starting off pretty rough, so good for Villanova. Um, Auburn and Gonzaga, I'm also going to put in there. But their lack of a strength of schedule in their conferences, well, in Gonzaga's conference, um, for Auburn, they just have nobody good to play the rest of the regular season. So I think they can do it, but their lack of a strength of schedule is kind of concerning me. And teams that have dropped out for me are Kansas. They're just too inconsistent. They have a really yeah. good roster, but too inconsistent. They have trouble beating ranked teams in the Big 12 on the road. And if you can't do that, I mean, how are you going to win the Big 12 tournament, let alone March Madness? Right. And then Baylor, they have a really good team, but they're just not the same team as last year. No. Logan, what about you? You got anybody that I failed to mention there? I'm still rolling with Arizona. I, I think Arizona has a pretty good chance to win the whole thing. Okay. That's a good pick. I like Arizona came out of nowhere this year. I think they're currently ranked third. Uh, they're having a really good season. Benedict Matherin is a beast. Yes. And I really like... Um, it's it's going to be Arizona or Auburn. I could see that. What is Arizona's head coach name? Why can't I remember it? Oh. I'll Google it. Marcus, uh, even though you're not the biggest college basketball guy, do you have any, any favorites for March Madness? I mean, I'm liking Gonzaga. I mean, Gonzaga is a reminder. The type, the type of program Duke used to be a decade ago or two is now they're, they're, the, they're the powerhouse of, the, of college basketball pretty much. I like it Gonzaga. I like it Arbery, surprisingly, which is usually a football school being ranked number two in the nation. Bruce Pearl for Coach of the Year. For sure. Definitely. Absolutely. Also like it Baylor, too. Okay. Also like a Baylor. Again, not a bad pick, but just for me, just seeing them 
this year compared to last year. I don't know if they can run it back. Tommy Lloyd, that's Arizona's. Right, 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 right. Alrighty, so. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, March Madness plays out. I think we all have some pretty solid picks. So, once uh, we start the bracket challenge, which one of you guys is taking the crown from me? Me. I am the reigning March Madness WZIP bracket challenge winner from last year. Because I picked Baylor, and nobody else picked Baylor. Everybody else picked Gonzaga. So close to take them from you. Yeah. I remember I that. I had Gonzaga. I remember that. Man, my bracket was messed up. I picked, I picked Ohio State to go all the way last year, oh, and yeah. they lost to that. I don't even remember Laura what Roberts. that. Yeah. Come I, in, come I try on. to not remember that. That was, that was ridiculous. That, that actually that busted a lot of people's brackets, I think, yeah. like pretty I bad. Them, I had Ohio State going to the Elite Eight, so really messed up mine, but because I picked Baylor. Right. So, Marcus, um, with you picking Gonzaga, don't do what Kyle did and don't listen to me. Because last year he didn't listen to me, and I tried to tell him don't pick Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga is in a better position this year than last year because last year they had the pressure of being undefeated heading into the tournament. This year they don't have that. But for me, Gonzaga playing in a conference in which there's no real competition just doesn't really prepare them for having to play elite competition on a very short-term basis in the tournament. Yes. That's why I never really feel comfortable picking Gonzaga. So, are you sure you still want to roll with his eyes? Like I said, they use, they're the program that what Duke used to be a, a decade ago. Well, they're, the, they're the new Duke. Okay, but see, here's the thing. Duke the actually Duke won Blue championships. Devils. They're the new Duke Blue Devils. So, you're you're gonna you're gonna do the same thing Kyle did and ignore my advice. I did say last year Gonzaga felt me for the last time. They disappointed me for the last time. But I'm gonna give him one more chance. <laughs> I'm I'm sticking with the Bulldogs. <laughs> I'm gonna give it the Bulldogs so one more chance. You're not a widow in college basketball. No, I'm not. They're Rolling trying with, they're I, trying to kick you out. I've been rolling with Gonzaga for the past, like, five or seven years now, and I'm sticking with them. Because they, they're they the number one team? No. Ooh, that's a good point. They are currently ranked number like one. Like I said, I've been, sticking, I've been rolling with them for the past five or seven years. Five, seven years. So, the, in the span of the time that they've been one of the number right. one teams. Right. Man, I promise we like Marcus. I really, yeah, I really, we, we I swear. We do. It's just... Marcus is an, an anomaly, in a good way, in a good way. <laughs> I mean, I told you, I've been sticking for the Clippers for a long time. <laughs> and where's that got you? Nowhere. <laughs> uh, but I'm still going to stick with them. The Cavs have a championship, the Clippers don't. Uh, I'm, I'm so out. close to bring out the divorce papers. Ooh. I'm so close to bringing out the I'm going to keep calm for now. I'm going to see what happens next. You should take your town to South uh, Beach and join the Miami Heat. Don't do that. Again, don't. We'll, we'll get into more NBA talk uh, coming up in the next segment. But for right now, um, WZIP Sports Dan Grone has a very special episode of his power play. So we're going to go ahead and take a listen to that. Sports Power Talk presents the Power Play with Dan Grone. Last Thursday, Patrick Laine scored his first hat-trick as a Blue Jacket in a 7-4 victory over the Chicago Blackhawks. This marks the 23-year-old's ninth career hat-trick. Laine continues to add on to his point-per-game performance this year, and it's looking like the Winnipeg Jets version of Patrick Laine is back. 
Sidney Crosby scored his 500th career goal last week against none other than the Philadelphia Flyers. Crosby becomes the 46th player in NHL history to reach that milestone. Despite a slow start to the season with injuries across their roster, it appears that the Pittsburgh Penguins are back in the Stanley Cup contention. Speaking of Crosby and the Penguins, I talked to one of his former teammates, Mark Letestu, about his playing career in Pittsburgh and Columbus, and here's what Letestu had to say. Before we talk about your playing career, I just want to ask, what inspired you to get into hockey growing up? Man, it might, might just be being Canadian. Uh, you know, that's that's a very broad stroke. Uh, my dad didn't play. Uh, just his upbringing, there wasn't, wasn't a lot of cash flowing around the house that uh, he could get to where he needed to go to play. Uh, so probably my dad, uh, he gave me and my brother every opportunity to play. Kind of the, the typical Canadian upbringing, flooded backdoor rink. Uh, and we, I watched every game I could. I was a big Montreal Canadiens fan. Uh, and we watched in the French French channel. Uh, it was either English, the Maple Leafs, or, or French watching the Habs. And I love the Habs so much that even if I didn't understand it, it was just it was enough for me to watch it and you know lifelong Habs fan I'd probably watch 75 games a year if I could it, it was just obsessed with it uh, and uh being that's right uh being from Alberta yeah. did you ever like the Edmonton Oilers I, I truthfully I didn't uh, all my oh, friends okay. did in high school <laughs> I married into it more than anything my my, yeah. uh, my in-laws are huge Oilers fans season ticket holders so it was a big thrill for them but no I wasn't an Oilers fan until I was one uh, okay yeah cool so you played collegiate hockey for one year at Western Michigan. And also being from Canada, what made you choose to play college hockey in the United States as opposed to playing in the Canadian Hockey League? Yeah, I wasn't good enough, you know, to be to be honest with you. Uh, I tried out as a 16-year-old, 17-year-old, uh, I think it was Lethbridge and Moose Jaw, and I just wasn't good enough. Uh, and once that door kind of closes, the only way to really progress yourself beyond uh, is to go college. I played Tier 2 in Bonneville near my hometown, and was lucky enough to get a scholarship to go to Western. Uh, and, that, and that really was the spot that springboarded me towards actually thinking I was going to be a pro hockey player. I was, I was going to school to be an accountant. I had no dreams of being, you know, an NHL player, but uh, a little bit of success led one thing led to another, and, and I got an opportunity, which was great. Awesome. So um, after college, you ended up going undrafted in 2007 before eventually being signed by the Pittsburgh Penguins. From there, you bounced between Wilkes-Barre Scranton of the AHL and the Wheeling Nailers of the ECHL. And then before long, you became a full-time NHL player, really becoming a staple for every organization that you've played in. I think that's a truly remarkable underdog story. So uh, how would you describe that journey from going from some unknown prospect to being a household name in the NHL? Uh, lucky. Lucky. Uh, opportunity. Uh, you know, even becoming a full-time NHLer, it took... You know, uh, Malkin to tear an ACL and Sydney to have a serious brain injury and Jordan Stahl his foot stepped on and tore ligaments. So I, I was last man standing. Uh, and to be honest, to get that opportunity to show that I could play uh, probably helped more than anything because, you know, a year later, those three guys came back and I got traded to Columbus. It was just a little too crowded in Pittsburgh. But uh, it's funny, just the, the opportunity I got was is more luck than anything in being ready. Uh, you know, credit my coaches. Uh, making sure I was ready for when that opportunity came and then uh, kind of running with it. But household name is, uh, that's generous. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, I played play a long time, had a good career, but household names, it's the first time I've ever been told that. So I, thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, everyone who I've told, like, hey, I'm interviewing Mark Letestu, everyone's, you know, their faces lit up. So 
You're definitely well-known around here. Um, when you got to the NHL, did you have any sort of welcome to the NHL moment? Well, I just remember my first game. Uh, we were playing the, the Boston Bruins, and you, you're just stuck. Again, I talked earlier. I was a fan. I was a huge fan of the game. Uh, but seeing Zdeno Chara across the red line, how big and imposing he was, was, was a little bit, you, you just can't truly grasp it until you see it live. You, know, you see it on TV, he's bigger than everybody, but then you see like he's, you know, WWE wrestler size, he's huge. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, former teammate later on, Andrew Ferentz, he was so small. So I was like, ah, I'm, you know, I'm the same size as these guys. So it was, it was just cool to be in warm up, rubbing shoulders with those guys. And obviously Sid uh, being who he was in the locker room with me was, was pretty surreal. So you've played with a lot of like big household names. Um, for example, like you said, Sidney Crosby. Um, I also know that you played alongside like Sergei Bobrovsky. Um, when you're playing alongside names like that, how do you think the chemistry has to work in order for the team to flow properly? Like, is there any big step up uh, from team to team or depending on the player? Yeah, I mean, the I guess the one thing when it when it comes to that kind of stuff, uh, they're teammates, and as you said, you're playing alongside them. Sure, there's a there's a hierarchy to the roles and, and to the, you know, how much responsibility certain players take on in a game, but ultimately they're they're your friends, they're your teammates, uh, and we treat them that way. They're not uh, they're not on that pedestal in the room. You can still, you know, take shots at them like you would your friend and. Uh, and they appreciate that, you know, they get treated and put on a pedestal and kind of everyday society. So as you said, Sid, uh, I got him early in my career. So it was interesting to see, you know, just how he treated me. I was older than him, but because he'd won a Stanley cup already, there was this strange dynamic, but, uh, you know, he treated me with such respect coming in and Bob, you know, became a pretty good friend of mine. And then later on in my career, I get to play three years with Connor McDavid in his first three years of his career and, and be around to kind of help, guide him a little bit um so i got to see uh different franchise and generational players and talents at different times in their career and uh, pretty fortunate to have got to an experience that that was mark latestu former columbus blue jacket and pittsburgh penguin and current assistant coach for the cleveland monsters of the ahl you can listen to the full-length interview on the spt overtime podcast which will be made available across all podcast streaming platforms on monday february 21st Stay tuned in because we have more Sports Power Talk right after this. Sports Power Talk live on 88.1. Once again, my name is Jeff Longville. Joining me is Logan Congro. What's going on? And Marcus Anderson. Back on the mound. Alrighty, guys, let's go ahead and talk about the NBA now. Uh, Before we get into talking about the All-Star game uh, and the All-Star weekend, that is this weekend in the great city of Cleveland, Ohio, Let's talk about the Cavs a little bit real quick. Uh, Let's recap their last game that they played before All-Star Weekend against the Atlanta Hawks, which, of course, ended up being a loss to the Hawks. Um, I thought that we came into the game with a lot more pressure than the Hawks, being that it was the last game before uh, the All-Star break and that we were the ones hosting All-Star Weekend. I think that we came in with more pressure uh, we let the Hawks dictate the pace of the game, playing more fast and a more offensive game, which is not our game. We're more of a slow defensive team. Trey Young dominated with 41 points and 9 assists, and he shot 13 free throws, which was more than the Cavs shot 
as a team. Wow. Yeah, not not a good recipe for success there. They also had twice as many fast break points as us because, again, they play fast. We do not. And it ended up being a 124-116 to 116 loss for the Cavs. Uh, thoughts on this, guys? Um, I would say, um, say the Hawks finally came finally became the team I expected them to be all season long. And for them to, it was great for them to bounce back with that. But along with the Cavs, along with the Cavs, it's just it was disappointing. It was just disappointing a disappointing the performance, especially by the defense, which is usually a stalemate every each and every night. And for them to allow Trey Young and Atlanta Hawks to get going to spread out the defense, spread out our our defense and to get get going on the scoreboard, it was pretty much disappointing. But on the other other end with the Hawks, it's disappointing to see them at twenty eight and thirty, and which a team one of those teams out to watch for this season, pretty much disappointing. So I'll say I'll say real bounce back though with the Cavs, and I'm finally seeing the team I expect. I expected to see from the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, to your to your point, Marcus, I thought that in the second half we did a little bit better defensively. We contested better and we won on the glass, but again, those short Logan, thoughts from you. I would agree. I think that we just played disappointingly. That was a good word for it. And they also it might they might just be tired. That might be part of the reason. But all star weekend will help. It's a fun it's in our it's in our city. It'll be fun for the guys to experience and then they'll get back to work. Right, and something I want to just take a little bit of time to talk about, our newly acquired um, shooting guard small forward, uh, Karis LeVert, has been struggling a little bit since coming to Cleveland. Um, For example, he plays 31 minutes per game, averages 13 points a game, which is for us, with as many guys as we have that are capable of scoring, that's not too bad, but he's shooting only 39.7% from the floor and only 28.6% from three and is only averaging one and a half rebounds per game. It might just be him taking time to adjust to the new system, the new environment, but I would hope that it doesn't take that much longer. Yeah, I I think that that's what it is, just coming into a new system, but I've seen him, again, only being able to average, you know, not even two rebounds a game, I don't think that's a system thing. I'm not exactly sure what's going on there. And then I've seen him miss just wide open threes or shots that you would normally see him make back when he was playing with right. Brooklyn and Indiana. He's just been struggling a lot more than I think, uh, more, much more than I thought he would. Marcus, you got thoughts on Karis LeVert? Uh, Karis LeVert, um, I thought when this trade happened, I thought it was going to boost, our, our, boost up our team, help our team very a lot, could be a big contribution I was, I mean, in Karis Rivera, I was saying that we was going to get a good, a great shooter around the perimeters, a, a great all-around basketball player, but going through a struggle as of right now. And, but I give props to the front office of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And they're doing, they just make adjustments, not excuses. Right. And, but I think as the season goes on, and this is just the first couple of games for Karis Rivera, so as soon as... This R start weekend blows over, and this this probably gives him time to get used to this new system of, of the Cleveland Cavaliers, and he's going to get going. Right, He's going to help us a lot. Personally, I thought when he was on the floor, like when he would be on the floor, whether we still continue to have him come off the bench or not, I figured that he would be our number one option on offense, but it hasn't really played out like that. Um, 
honestly, I haven't really seen him get the ball a whole lot. He kind of just, like, is more reserved in that role, while uh, guys like Darius are carrying the ball more, which I'm fine with, but I was expecting Karis LeVert to be a bit more aggressive on offense than I've seen. But like you guys said, I think that him just coming over, not quite familiar, in a different environment, and maybe this long layoff will help him get focused, and he'll be the player that I think we all thought he would be when he came over. Uh, a little bit of All-Star Weekend news this past week. James Harden uh, is going to be out throughout the All-Star game. Um, newly acquired by the Philadelphia 76ers. He was on Team LeBron for the All-Star game, but since he's not playing, they needed a replacement. And to fill that void, Adam Silver selected Cleveland Cavaliers starting center, Jared Allen, to his very Absolutely. first All-Star game. Congratulations, Jared. I so happy for him. You guys' thoughts on Jared Allen being named a first-time All-Star. Fantastic. I'm, he's, he was such a great trade for us. We ended up winning that trade so, so in a major way. And that that's big for the Cavs. It's big for our organization to have two All-Stars in the post-LeBron era. Right. Well, well deserving of this. Well deserving of this selection. Really improved this year on every stat category, almost every other stat category. And, yeah, well deserved. Congratulations, Jared. Did you guys think he should have been uh, an outright All-Star? Yeah. I I was okay with him missing the cut. I was also okay with Lamelo being placed over him as the first reserve. True. But if uh, if this if this spot hadn't gone to Jared Allen, I was gonna I was gonna be mad. I was gonna be angry. I was gonna say yeah. some, say some very mean things about the NBA. But they made the right choice, so I'm happy they did. Um. So when I was uh, preparing for this for the show, and I found out who I was on with. I remembered something that I want to bring up. Well, first, uh, let's give some context. The Cavs have exceeded everybody's expectations this year. We got two All-Stars. Somebody in the Rising Stars game. Probably going to be the Rookie of the Year in Evan Mobley. Currently sitting at fourth seed in the East. And I would say that we're not going to win a championship this year, but next year we can start building towards that more. So again, exceeding everybody's expectations. Do you have something to say? I was going to say, them and the Timberwolves are the most surprising teams this year. I, I agree. Say. I agree. Um, but like I said, I remembered something that took place in the group chat a couple months ago. And I swear, guys, we really like Marcus. Just not today. <laughs> so back on November 5th, I had to scroll all the way back to November 5th. And it took a long time, but I was so dedicated to this that I did it. We were coming off a victory against the Toronto Raptors. This was the game where Darius hit the free throws at the end, and we won um, last second. We were all happy in the group chat. We were excited. We were celebrating the win. And Marcus Anderson just has to ruin our parade and said, still got 72 more games to go. Calm down. And we were all like, come on, Marcus. We're just trying to, we're just trying to be happy for our team, man. Like, why you got to be like that? And then Marcus said that we were all delusional because we like Cleveland. And then we we started poking fun at him at the whole you don't have a favorite team thing, you know, yada, yada, yada. You guys are familiar with this by Right. Now. And then, Marcus, you said, quote, unquote, at least I can see the truth about the teams that I root for. Well, Marcus, <laughs> we are two months away from the playoffs. Cavs are the fourth seed in the East. 
What is the truth about the Cavaliers now? I'm really curious. That they're the fourth team. That's, that's right. Fourth seed in the in the Eastern Conference. And you were wrong. Dead silence. That's right. Don't expect nothing bigger than that. <laughs> Don't expect anything bigger than that. Someone record that. Everyone got that documented that Marcus said that? At okay. Least, at least this year. Don't expect anything bigger than that. <laughs> I'm going to say this is a very talented squad. This is a very solid squad, though. <laughs> All right, so what do you think? Obviously not this year because I don't think we're a championship contending team this year. No. But moving forward, what do you think our ceiling is? Our ceiling is like... It's like y'all standing. It's like y'all standing on a ladder right now. It's like y'all, y'all mid there. Y'all midway there to the ceiling. I mean, y'all almost there. I mean, y'all. When I see this team, where I've been watching this team all season long, this season, uh, they kind of resemble the teams that we used to have back in the late eighties or early nineties with Mark Price and Brad Doherty and them. Like, not, not up. Except this team is like not up, up to par talent, but. It's very talented as that team we used to have, those squads we used to have with Mark Price and them. It's becoming that kind of squad, and I see in a big future with this squad, but I'm definitely seeing a playoff team in this squad. Honestly. So, within the next couple of years, can we win a championship? It's hard for me to imagine. Man, imagine, so you, you it's don't think it's going to happen? Man. I mean, knowing this team's, knowing what this city's history. What kind of salad are the Cavaliers, Marcus? I mean, knowing this, knowing this city's history, knowing this, knowing this, um, knowing their failures, knowing their history of failures. I mean, the shot. I mean, all right, we don't have to go through them. It's okay. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I mean, like I said, it's a city of failures still. Okay, but what about twenty sixteen? Is that just that's just never gonna happen? Again? We're just gonna forget that I the just, Indians were also in the world. Or, my bad, my bad. Not the Indians. And that's that's the best y'all gonna get for a long time. So we're not winning a championship. It's hard for me to imagine, but if y'all do, I'll be like, wow. Wow, y'all were. Did you guys did you guys see LeBron James' comment yesterday? I did. What are your thoughts on that one? You know I have some thoughts. I I obviously want him to return. I just worry about at what cost it would be. I do not want LeGM to return and screw up what we have right now. I I personally, I do think he's the greatest basketball player of all time. However, I do not want to see him back in a Cavaliers uniform. I just don't. Why is that? Because he's just too... He is too much of a general manager. He's going to come in here. If he doesn't like you, you're gone. He doesn't like the coach. Guess what? Fired. And he just costs too much. He's and by the time his contract is up in LA, he also made the comment that he's going to go play with his son, regardless of where that is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, my my prediction there is the Oklahoma City Thunder. They have like eight draft picks in the next <laughs> eight first round draft picks in the next three years. So, but going back to his comment about coming back to Cleveland, I personally would not like to see that. I just think that I mean he's already come in here and he he dumps or fired us twice. We were able to bounce back a little better this time than the last time, but I just don't. I, as a Cleveland fan, thank you for what you did, but please stay away. Let me put a hypothetical scenario out there for you. Ron is a free agent from the Lakers when his contract expires. Ronnie's coming into the draft, right? We make a pre-calculated move very soon to acquire 
a first-round draft pick from a lottery team that gets a really high draft pick in the lottery, right? We draft Ronnie. I don't LeBron see... signs for, with us for like a dollar, and they can play together in Cleveland. I don't see Ronnie being... Like, he'll be top 10. I mean, we wouldn't have to, like, trade for the number one overall pick. Right, He's yeah, not going to... Yeah. Although, with the circumstance that he said... I will be playing with my son that may raise his value a little bit and make him get picked higher than he should. Right. But I just don't I just don't want the guy back here. I really don't. I'm, I'm so sick of him coming here and then he's like an he's like an abusive ex-wife, man. He comes back. He's like, "Oh, I love you so much. Cleveland, I love you so much." And then when times get tough, okay, uh, I'm a, I'm a head out. Thank you for the memories. Well, okay. If you look at that 2018 postseason run, it was all LeBron. Nobody else did anything. It, it I don't was. blame. I don't blame him. I really don't. And in 20 in the uh, in the 2000s when he left the first time, the best thing our front office could do was give him a 40 year old Shaq. Like I really don't blame him. The first time I was fine with him leaving, it was just the way that he did it was terrible. And then the second time, I was like, man, you did what you said. Still disappointing and a little annoying, but you did do what you said, I guess. Yeah. I hope LeBron comes back. I just do worry, you know, at what cost it would be to us. But, I mean, you know, he don't want to be in L.A. I'm, anymore. I'm, like, the biggest LeBron fan here. So. There's no way that dude enjoys being in L.A. No, anymore. Nor should I. You know... At the beginning of the season, I said that the Lakers were going to win the championship, and now here I am looking stupid. They're not even making the playoffs. No, they, I think they, at best, can win like in the plan well enough to make the playoffs and they get beat in the first round. That's Those are my expectations for the Lakers, and they're not going to change. No. I don't think so either. <sighs> I hate to see it. But let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the postseason. So... Logan, as you mentioned, you are a Miami Heat fan. Heat lifer. Who I believe uh, take priority over the Cavs. They do. They do. That's you don't like the Cavs. I like the hometown Cavs, man. I, I'll never. I'm. I'll always be a fan. But I. I'm so drawn to the Heat. I have been my entire life. So I'm a Heat lifer. Well, coming out of the East, do you see the Miami Heat as the favorite? I think I already know your answer to this question. Heck yeah, I see him as a favorite. Heck yeah, I see him at the favorite. Wait till we get Oladipo back too. Throw him in that lineup. We're set. Who's who's coming at us in the East? You know, I I really hate to admit this because you and I got that little bet where if Miami wins the finals, I have to buy a Heat jersey. Not just a Heat jersey. You have to buy a Max Struss Heat jersey. I never agreed to that. Max Struss. I never agreed to that. I'm not buying a Max jersey. I will get a Heat jersey, just not his. Okay. And I, I really don't want that to happen. But no DH gate crap. You got to buy a, a real NBA no, authentic no, Miami Heat jersey. Out the I store, will. off of Fanatics. Yes. <laughs> I will for sure. And I'll, I'll eat that $100 coming out of my bank account if it happens. But If it will. You mean it will. And I will see you in this station walking around with a Max Struss jersey on. Bro, I don't want to do that. Um, but, you know, coming out of the East, at the, Mi- the Miami Heat are one of my favorites because they're having all the success without Oladipo, like you mentioned. Milwaukee, to me, could also make it out of the East because they made that trade for Ibaka. I think that that could 
uh, play out pretty well for them. But at the same time, they also gave up DiVincenzo as well as Rodney Hood. So I have to see a little bit more from them. Also, I got to see what happens with, if they get Brooke Lopez back. How right. Looks. Um, with the Sixers and the James Harden trade, I think that that was more of a next-year move. Yeah. With the Nets, I don't think they're gearing up for anything this year. The Cavs, like I said, I think are just too young. The Bulls, I think, same thing. They don't have a lot of guys that have ever made it. Bulls are too inexperienced. Right, yeah, except for, like, DeRozan and uh, Caruso, obviously. He's he's a champion, but other than that, nobody really. So, unfortunately, I would say right now the Heat are my favorite out of the East. Let's go. Marcus, what about you? I mean, ever since that James Harden trade, uh, I'm kind of on and off with the Sixers. At the same time, I want to say the Sixers are my pick to go to finals at the East. But at the same time, with that trade, I mean, at the same time, they lost Seth Curry. So besides James Harden, they kind of have no no sharpshooters around the perimeters now, no sharpshooters to kick out to. But at the same time, at the same time, James Harden has been what the Sixers have been looking for for a long time. And that's a dynamic playmaker. I mean, he's really a point forward, a point guard and a small forward. He scores like a small forward but make plays like a point guard. He, you could do a lot of things with James Harden. He could really open up your offense very well and with Joel Embiid playing like uh, to me, a lead candidate for the MVP award, honestly. And Doc Rivers, knowing the kind of coach he's been, knowing his history of wins, of winning. And I'm saying the Sixers, but, but watch out for the Heat, Logan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, watch out for the Heat because they're tough defensively, probably the toughest. And also the Bucks. I still look out for the Bucks. And out the West, I was even though those even though the Suns are the best in the NBA, best of the West, but best of the NBA, I was still saying Golden State is my pick out the West. And also, but watch out for Grizzlies because that's the dark horse contender to me. I said that earlier in the season. I agree with you on that. Now, see, Logan, this is why I won't have to buy a Heat jersey because whoever wins the championship is coming out of the West this year. Nah. In my opinion, I got Golden State, but I could also see Phoenix being there. If if it's Golden State versus Miami, I'll be rooting for Miami. But if it's if it's Miami Phoenix, I'm rooting for Phoenix. Okay. So. You know. Well, let me know. I hope that that doesn't. I'll send you some jersey suggestions uh, when it gets there. Oh man, there's a lot of cool, the Miami Heat have a lot of cool jerseys, Jeff. I, I think do. that they, they would do. suit you very well. But I don't like the Heat. Don't matter. So, You're gonna buy one. Man, I hope it doesn't. And I'm very excited. Last time I made last time I made a bet about the Miami Heat was my junior year in high school, and I bet that they'd make the finals with my friend Luke Larkin, and he laughed at me. My whole class laughed at me. And then it was about a year, it was the bubble year, so nobody was, like, seeing each other. And I got a text in our group chat that said, okay, well, who's going to apologize to Logan first? And I'm, I have a feeling that Jeff will be apologizing to me at some point this season. I'll buy a jersey. I won't apologize. Mm-hmm. You will. Uh, I don't want to talk about this anymore. So yeah, because you're scared. Let's switch gears. You're scared. Talk a little bit about All-Star Weekend. Starting off with the celebrity game that took place on Friday night. The MVP of the Celebrity Game was Alex Toussaint, who scored 18 points uh, to help Team Walton beat Team Neek or Dominique Wilkins. I was really hoping that Miles Garrett would cram on somebody, but he didn't. He did have two very nice dunks, but they were uncontested. MGK should never step on a basketball floor again. (laughs) That was so hard to watch. The man was wearing Converse's. Was he? I didn't even know. Yes. Wow. He looked so out of place and lost the entire time. 
Yeah, I saw him miss like this really close like floater where he mm-hmm. hit like, the top of the backboard, and I was like, uh, well, not the top of the backboard, but he hit it way too high off the backboard. And I was like, man, stick to music. That man. was your one moment. Stick to music. Uh, Miles Garrett also did block Quavo, so that was kind of cool. Miles Garrett, would, I would go nowhere near that dude on would, a basketball I court. I no, I wouldn't even try, man. I would just let him go. And then also on Friday night, there was the Rising Stars Challenge, um, where they changed the format, where there were now four teams in a little bit of a mini tournament. Uh, team Barry, uh, Team Rick Barry, beat Team Gary Payton 50-48 to 48, uh, in the first semifinal. And then Team Isaiah for Isaiah Thomas beat Team Worthy for James Worthy 50-49 to 49 in the second semifinal. And then, see, this is what I don't like. The two semifinal games were played to 50, but the final was played to 25. And I get it, you want to you want it to add up to 75 total points for the 75th anniversary of the NBA, but I'd make the semifinal games 25 and the final 50, but that's just me. Um, and in the final, Team Barry beat Team Isaiah 25-20 to 20 in the finals, with Cade Cunningham winning the MVP, scoring 18 total points, 9 assists, and 7 rebounds. And I was pulling for Team Barry because they had Evan Mobley and Isaac Okoro, along with my guy, former Ohio State Buckeye, Jay Sean Tate. Mobley put in 18 total points, 11 total rebounds, and 2 total assists. Isaac Okoro, not so impressive. Only 6 total points, 2 assists, and 1 rebound. Um, but I like the change to the format of mm-hmm. the Rising Stars uh, Challenge. What did you guys think? I thought it was cool, too. Yeah, uh, different. It was something that I don't think really needed to change. Is but I liked that they changed it. Is the regular all is the actual All Star game? Is that still that one like Elon Elon ending format? Is yeah. that how they're doing that yeah, again? I actually really like that. I do too. You actually get to see uh, competitive play in the fourth quarter, as yeah. opposed to like nobody's trying at that right. point. I really do like that. Um, Marcus, what do you think of the Rising Stars Challenge? Oh, Rising Stars Challenge? Um, honestly, I didn't watch it pretty much because, um, yeah, that, that's just rookies and sophomores pretty much. So. Oh, so you don't <laughs> you don't like the young crop? Huh? <laughs> I, I do. It's just that, you know, it's just automatic, you know. It's He's not like casual. It's automatic. Casual. <laughs> it's, you don't got to do anything else but just be a rookie or a sophomore a second year. Well, you also <laughs> have to be kind of good to make it. Like, Colin Sexton didn't make it his first year, which I thought was, really? like, how? Oh. <laughs> I don't think Darius Garland made it his first year either. Mm-mm. Come on, NBA. Also, there was the Clutch Challenge, which I was actually really excited to see. So, the way it worked was um, participants had to make five shots from, over the, from all over the court, and whoever made all five shots first... Uh, one. There was a baby hook. There was a top of the key shot. There was the Ray Allen corner three. There was the Reggie Miller wing three. And then the Dame logo three. Um, and you had... So there were 90 seconds to... The first team had 90 seconds to make all five shots. And whoever... If they finished um, under 90 seconds, that time that it took them to complete it got removed from the 90 seconds or no no, no. it became the new time to, it became the new time to beat um for the other teams going forward so the first team was desmond bain and tyrese halliburton they set the standard and then there was evan mobley and josh giddy michael foster jr and fambo zhang from the g league and then tyrese maxi and scotty barnes were the last team 
Actually, real quick, I apologize. Evan Mobley and Josh Giddy, they set the first new time in 49.7 seconds, which was the time that the rest of the teams had to complete the challenge. Up next was Foster Jr. and Zen, who did not finish the challenge. And then Desmond Bain and Tyrese Halliburton completed the challenge in 39.1 seconds, which then became the new time. And they looked really impressive doing it. And then we got to Tyrese Maxey and Scotty Barnes, which was uh, entertaining, yeah. but uh, not good basketball. Uh, combined, they both missed that baby hook shot six times. Scotty Barnes missed it four times in a row <laughs> and just had a bad night, man. Very entertaining, but just not what you'd expect to see out of, you know, a rising star, Scotty Barnes. Like, rookie of the year candidate. I think just the moment just got to him a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, well. Scotty Barnes is going to bounce back, though. He's got a really nice career right. headed his way. All right. Are we all still on board for Evan Mobley being rookie of the year? Yes, definitely. Not even close. That's right. As he should, he has been the most impressive rookie thus far. Also, was very impressive in the skills challenge last night. But we'll go ahead and talk about that when we come back from our final break. So stay tuned. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the final segment of Sports Power Talk right here on 88.1. Once again, my name is Jeff Longville, and joining me are Logan Congrove. Still here. And Marcus Anderson. Checking back in. Alrighty, let's go ahead and conclude by talking about All-Star Saturday Night, starting off with the Skills Challenge, which was revamped to a really, in my opinion, a really awesome new format. What did you guys think of it? I thought it was cool, too. I, I, I rewatched it. I watched it twice. I watched it the first night, and then I watched it again last night. Like, or not, I watched it both times last night. Right. And... I just I thought it I thought it was more interesting as well. I thought and I thought the the teams were cool too. Like the people they had in it were better than normal. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um the skills challenge to me has always been like that one part of All Star Saturday night where no one's really excited to see it. Right. But in my opinion, it was the best part of last night. So the way that it was redone was it was broken down into three segments. Uh shooting, which was worth a hundred points, passing, which was a hundred points, and then the relay, which was two hundred points. And the two teams with the highest scores at the end of all three challenges advanced to the finale. So the shooting challenge, the way it worked was players had to shoot from five designated spots on the floor with different point totals, and you couldn't shoot from the same spot consecutively, and each player for each team um, had one one uh, attempt to do it. Uh, the teams were, there were three teams. It was the Cavaliers with Darius Garland, Jared Allen, and Evan Mobley. Then it was the Antetokounmpo Bros with Giannis, Thanasis, and then Alex out of Toronto's G League, which I would have thought they would have put Kostas in there, but right, it was cool to see Alex. And then there was the Rooks with Cade Cunningham of the Detroit Pistons, Josh Giddy of the Oklahoma City Thunder, and then Scotty Barnes, uh, Baby Hook King out of the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> so to start off, uh, the Rooks put up 32. The Antetokounmpo Bros only put up 20, so the Cavs had to score 33 points. Jared Allen didn't get off to a really good start, only put up 5 points for us. Then Evan Mobley came out with 18, and then Darius didn't even have to do all this, but he did it anyway. Put up 24 points wow. to score 47, and we won the shooting competition. That was just so nice to see, especially for Mobley and Darius. What did you guys think? Go Cavs, man. The future's Cavs great. Cavs are back. Future is Cavs bright. Are back. 
bless you, Marcus. <laughs> he doesn't gonna, believe us. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna say he that. He doesn't believe us. What a hater. I know you. you I'm not gonna say that. You guys had enough of my negativity for today, so I'm gonna I'm save it for another day. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just a guy who just each All Star weekend. I'm just care about the main event, you know, the All Star game. I don't really watch the game, but I care about who's in it, you know. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, is it because it, it it takes addition to their status and eligibility for a Hall of Fame someday, you know, a Hall right. of Fame ballot. Right. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the passing portion, players had to hit three moving targets. Uh, some were more difficult than others, so they were worth more points, and you couldn't pass to the same target consecutively. So players had to rotate kind of like in unison to the uh, the target that they weren't at before. Uh, the Rooks and the Bros both put up 84 each, while the Cavs only put up 70, even though Darius had that nice-looking left-handed pass. Yes. So sick. Uh, so then the tiebreaker was... Which team made more outlet passes? Which were the more difficult passes? And the Antetokounmpo bros had more, so they won. So now, after two challenges, the Cavs had 100, the bros had 100, the Rooks had none. Uh, what did you guys think of the passing challenge? I really, they made that more entertaining than I thought it would be. I thought I thought it was more entertaining as well. Um, I thought that it shows, like, I mean, they make that look so easy. Like, I, my friend was saying, oh, that's... That's easy. Anybody can do that. I'm like, but you can't. I was like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just hard. Like, it's a right. It's, it's not as easy as it looks. Like they watching, just make it it's look like watching easy. Watching a quarterback, you know, hit a target. Like, I it, it looks easy, but I know if that was me, I'd be out there for like an hour. I'm right. Hurt. Yeah, it's definitely a lot more difficult than it looks. Um, and now we get into the relay portion, which again was worth 200 points. So. Uh, the first player for each team, every every player for each team had to do it. The first player would pass the ball into a target, and then they had three attempts. They had three attempts to make it. If not, they move on. But it just takes up more time that way, so it's faster if you get it on the first attempt. Um, then they had to dribble through three obstacles, but nobody knew which way to go on the first one, at least. Everybody was really confused on that one. Uh, then they had to shoot a floater. Scotty Barnes tripped tonight, but he made it. He did make it this time, so good for Scotty Barnes. Then they had to go shoot a corner three with a windmill sort of looking thing. Yeah. Them. Uh, that was kind of cool. Uh, again, they had three attempts to do that. Then they had to run the length of the floor to dunk the ball or shoot a layup and pass it to their teammate, and then they had to do the, uh, the course, and then the third member of the team had to do the course once uh, they were done. The Rooks started off, put up a time of 118, uh, and then the Antetokounmpo Bros and the Cavs were unable to finish. So then it went into a tiebreaker, which was a three-point shootout over a wall between Darius Garland of the Cavs and then Alex Antetokounmpo of the Bros. And Darius hit his first shot, and it was over before it even started. boy, Darius. That's what we like to see. What did you guys think of the relay? Same thing. Go Cavs, man. Again, Marcus just doesn't want to say anything. He's just salty. Come it's on, all right. If you, if you say something positive about the Cavs, you know, the, end is, the world isn't going to end. I mean, y'all got three All-Stars. That's all I'm going to say. But, I mean, I just, <laughs> I just said no positive things about the Cavs. They're going to be a talented squad. They're already a talented squad. 
and that they're fourth in the Eastern Conference. They got three R stars. That's enough I got to say. You know, it kind of seems like you don't want to say anything positive about, about them at all, though. Yeah, because the fans are so delusional. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> like oh. I'm saying, I keep, like I keep saying every time. At least we have a, a sports team to be delusional. Okay, Mr. Frontrunner. We'll, we'll keep calling Mr. Cleveland Mito. fans delusional. And then moving on to the finale, which was um, a half-court shot, uh, half-court shootout between the Cavs and the Rooks. Um, the Rooks made it, and Kate Cunningham of the Rooks made it in 9.9 seconds. And I thought, oh, there's like no way that we're going to beat that. That was insanely yeah. fast. But then Evan Mobley, very first attempt, nothing but net. And the Cavs walked away, skills challenge champions. Which is just nice to see the Cavs hold a trophy of any kind, to be honest, especially when LeBron isn't around. Did um, you see Mobley said Cleveland, this is for you? Did he? Yeah. I didn't see that. He did. Out of boy Evan. Just really nice feeling for Cleveland. Hopefully got that bad taste of that Hawks game out of their mouth and gives us some momentum going into the rest of the regular season. Moving on to the three-point contest, uh, eight participants, which were Carl Anthony Towns, Patty Mills, Luke Kennard, Trey Young, Desmond Bain, C.J. McCollum, Zach Levine, and Fred Van Vliet. Uh, before the contest took place, who were you guys thinking was going to come out on top? I mean, without question, Trey Young. As, that's who I picked, too. I picked Me, Trey. too. Yeah. <laughs> Trey, Trey let us down. To say the least. I'm surprised they even like Corey Towns in the copters. Like, since when well, he became a, a three-pointer? thing they did, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, the finale took place between Cat, Trey, and Luke Kennard. And Carl Anthony Towns, uh, the only big man in the tournament, in the challenge, won, and in doing so, set a finale record with 29 points. So, guys, is Carl Anthony Towns the best big man shooter of all time? Mm. I think he's up all there. Time. He's up there. I don't know about. I don't know about all time. All time. Gotta talk about guys. Dude like, won one three point competition. I, mean, I wouldn't go that far. Right. I, I mean, there was there was like back. Dirt. Yeah, there was back know. in the days where Bob Bob McAdoo or Ben McAdoo. Yeah. yeah. And like you said, Dirk and Whiskey. So yeah. yeah. When is when is all said and done? We'll see. We'll see what happens. And then. Going on to the last event of the night, the dunk contest, which is usually the part that I am the most excited for. I don't know why. I really don't know why I'm always so excited for it. That was the most boring part of the entire night. Yeah, last night was terrible. And I, I think it's because with dunk contests, there's only so many things you can do. Like, I feel like at this point, everything has already been done. Right. You right. know, like... I mean, players are still trying to come up with innovative ways to dunk the basketball, but yeah. a lot of the times they just become too complicated and too difficult to actually yeah. like um, that. succeed. They also need to get some real athletes in these, get some real NBA players. Like, like that, like hopping over Andrew Wiggins, like that has been done before. Right. <laughs> like, um, like, yeah, like Cole Anthony. And, uh, I mean, I get, I'll, I'm okay with Jalen Green because when Jalen Green dunks, he dunks hard. Yeah. But, like, Cole Anthony, I was like, why? Yeah. I was cool with Dude Hopper. from the Warriors, I was like. Juan Toscano Anderson, I was like, I feel like you could have done better. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, very disappointing event. Uh, the very first dunk was by Cole Anthony, who had to put on Tim's. 
Uh, and I could have made a sandwich in the amount of time it took him to put on these Tim's. Mm-hmm. And the dunk he did where he had his father, Greg Anthony, hold the ball up, and then he just did a basic windmill. Uh, it was not worth me sitting there watching him tie his shoes. No. No. But I'm willing to take it over Jalen Green's first attempt in which I could have made a sandwich and ate it before he finally got his first attempt <laughs> to go down. He was trying to do something where the ball was thrown off the side of the backboard and he was going to catch it, do like an in-between-the-legs thing. It looked really cool, but he just couldn't succeed it, so he had to settle for just like a simple like double-handed windmill thing, which was all right, I guess. But again, I think that dunkers are trying to make these dunks that are just too complicated go down. It's just hard. The announcers were extremely unimpressed with every single dunk, yeah, too. Including Dominique Wilkins himself. Right. <laughs> Neek. Um, the finale took place between Obi Toppin and Juan Toscano Anderson. Real quick, did you guys have a favorite in this, or did you guys just not care? I didn't really think about it. I cared, like I cared to watch it, but right. when I saw the list of who was in it, I was like, none of these people really intrigued me that much. Yeah, I simply didn't care either. <laughs> I, I thought that Toppin would come out on top, which he did. I thought that Obi Toppin's dunks were really cool. They just weren't thrown down with a lot of force. They were just like that lame, like soft, right? You yeah. know, barely grazed the rim type stuff. But I thought that all his ideas were cool. I thought his last dunk, where he threw it off the backboard, caught it in between the legs, touched the backboard, and then dunked it. I thought that was really impressive. But just because he dunked so soft, it just wasn't. I don't know. I feel like it kind of took that um, that feeling out of it. I don't know. I propose that in order to fix the dunk contest, because before that dunk, I almost fell asleep. I'm not going to lie. We should just have Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon face off every year. Like, those are two of the best dunkers in the league. They made it hard for every right. competition after this. They have this. really innovative ideas, and I think it'd be just way more entertaining than... One of them said they were never going to do it again. It was Aaron Gordon because he's been robbed twice. Right. And I don't really blame him, but, like, if you come back every year to face the same guy, I'd like to imagine that eventually you'll win, right? Right. What do you guys think about that? Zach Levine versus Aaron Gordon every year. I would like that. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Way more entertaining. One year before he retires, someone's got to get LeBron to do it. Right. I I think he could have won last night. Yeah. To be honest. (laughs) Yeah, dunk contest is just always... It's... Again, I don't know why I always get so excited, because it's just boring. I think it's because I feel like every year I'm going to see something cool, and then I just don't. It is what it is. Oh, well. Coming up tonight, the event that everybody is super excited for, the All-Star Game itself between Team LeBron versus Team Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. I don't like that. Don't don't do that. Is that that's the uh, that's the Brooklyn Nets? Um, no, it's Flight. Right? That's his name. Flight. Flight reacts. Oh, yeah. I don't. I don't like him either. I love Flight. Okay, why? Funny guy. He's a funny guy. Is he funny? Yep. He's like see, he's hilarious. To me, to me, Flight only like makes content when which he pretends to not know what he's talking about. But there's <laughs> no way he doesn't. Yeah. He just says really ignorant things that I know nobody actually believes, and that's how he gets money, and that, it makes me mad. FTC. We're done. We're done with you. I'll mute your mic. I'll mute your mic. If my, we haven't muted Marcus's yet today. Well, I've only got one. Marcus, strike. do you like flight? Uh, I, I never. Uh, he doesn't that. even know who he is. So Marcus is fine. Marcus. Is what fine. YouTube channel? <laughs> it's a bad YouTube channel. Yes. It's a great YouTube channel. <laughs> it's not. 
don't listen to Logan. Logan's a millennial. Um, so just to recap the teams for Team LeBron and Team KD for tonight's All-Star game. On Team LeBron, the starters are obviously LeBron, Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Milwaukee Bucks, Stephen Curry of the Golden State Warriors, DeMar DeRozan of the Chicago Bulls, and Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets. The reserves, Jared Allen replaced James Harden, Jared Allen of our Cleveland Cavaliers, Jimmy Butler of the Miami Heat, Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks, Darius Garland again of our Cleveland Cavaliers, Donovan Mitchell of the Utah Jazz, Chris Paul of the Phoenix Suns, and Fred Van Vliet for the Toronto Raptors. For Team Kevin Durant, obviously Kevin Durant of the Brooklyn Nets, Joel Embiid of the Sixers, John Morant for the Grizzlies, Jason Tatum of the Celtics, for some reason Andrew Wiggins of the Warriors, still not over that, Trey Young of the Hawks, LaMelo Ball replaced Kevin Durant uh, of the Hornets, Devin Booker of the Suns, Rudy Gobert of the Jazz, Zach Levine of the Bulls, Chris Middleton of the Bucks, and then Jante Murray of the Spurs replaced Draymond Green. The, the greatest three-point shooting big man of all time, Carl Anthony Towns of the Timberwolves. And that rounds out the rosters for Team KD. Who do you guys like in this All-Star game and why? Team LeBron, that's not even close. Team LeBron. Same. <laughs> now, now, why? LeBron has not lost as a captain yet. LeBron is in his hometown, and LeBron has a better roster. Yeah, same thing. I, I agree with all of those points. Um, to me, just the fact that he's been undefeated as a GM uh, four times, and he's been a GM every year they've done this, just speaks to the great basketball mind that is LeBron James. Uh, it will, I mean, I'd be pulling for LeBron anyway because I just love LeBron so much. Also, I'm wearing the, the Luka jersey today. Uh, just because, you know, I hadn't worn it in a while. Thank you again, Kyle. We appreciate you for getting this for me. And Luca is on Team LeBron, so I, I sh- I'm showing a little bit of support for Team LeBron right now. Um, again, so the format for the All-Star game is uh, the first three quarters are normal, I believe. Played standardly with... Uh, well, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, each quarter, the score is going to reset... Zero, correct? Yes. It's going to be a new game. Or is it... No, 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 yeah. It it resets to zero. And the winner of each quarter donates a certain amount of money to whatever charity that uh, they're representing. Yes. And then in the final quarter, it's played to a target score, and that wins the game. There's no clock or anything. And I really do like that format because usually in the All-Star game, all you see in the fourth quarter is just nobody cares anymore. Everybody just wants to go out and party. But this format makes it so that there's actually, like, a competition involved in the All-Star game. Right. And I really do like that. Um, I think it just makes it more entertaining. And I, I wish the NFL would have, um, adopt something like that because, let's be honest, nobody watches the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl is terrible. The, uh, their version of All-Star Weekend. I don't yeah. even have a name for it. And you know what I realized? Like, there's actually fans in attendance to All-Star Weekend. Like, for the NFL and their Pro Bowl thing, nobody, there's no fans. It's just them in, like, a abandoned soccer field. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody there to, like, hype them up or nobody to generate revenue. Nobody cares. It's about. just not interesting. There's so many. I'd rather see the two worst teams battle for the number one overall pick. Yeah. yeah. For real. Um, it is a bit of a shame that Kevin Durant, the second year he's been a captain, is once again missing the All-Star game because of injury. 
rather unfortunate for him. But yeah, I'm rolling with Team LeBron. I'm expecting to see a lot of really cool stuff tonight. Hopefully I do. Um, and go Team LeBron. That's all I got to say about that. For sure. Logan, you, you're a Heat fan. And you're a Cavs fan. But you don't like LeBron. Like that should explain it right you, there. You don't you don't have like a like a personal like what's the word I'm trying to think of here like a positive emotion towards LeBron really. No, there's nothing sentimental. Nope. So why is that? Because he left both of the teams <laughs> that I care about. Were you a Heat fan before he came? Yeah. Or you- I I was I started being a Heat fan. I said this on the last show. I started being a Heat fan when I was younger because my grandma got me. The red Miami Shaq jersey. So I started liking them around 2005, 2006. Okay. And I just liked them oh, so all the way when through. Oh, so they won the championship. Sure, but I was like, <laughs> I was like eight. But I liked them all the way through, and I still like them now, even after they were bad for a few years. Okay. I didn't. Just, I didn't quit. Maybe. I, so then. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should take some lessons from you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see? I, I root for a team that is capable of winning championships, but I also don't leave on the years when they're not. Listen, Marcus, you got to go through adversity to become stronger as a human being. You appreciate the championships more when you've sat through that's, the garbage. That's right. That's right. Well, and it's even hard. Though, okay. Even though, like, watching sports does not have, like, all that big of an impact on your personal life if your team wins or loses... It's it's still like it's it's a different feeling when you've rooted for a team that's just been so bad for so long, and then they finally have success. This is what I do with the Broncos every year. I'm like, this year they're going to be good, and then oh, they're not. And so now this year, I'm going to expect them to not be good. Maybe they'll be good. We'll see what happens. So then, when did you uh like? Have you always been a Cavs fan then? Yeah. So then how come the Heat took precedence over the Cavs? I just enjoy watching them a lot, I guess. Um, yeah, I just enjoy watching them. I enjoy watching the Cavs too, but I, I just enjoy like the environment of Miami. I went to a Heat game. I went to Chris Bosh's jersey retirement in Miami. Okay. And that, I like, I was a Heat fan, but then I went and experienced it in person and like that arena that atmosphere was just so cool to be around and like it, it the arena is huge by the way it is way bigger than rocket mortgage and Chris i would Bosch, imagine it's a bigger market. yeah yeah there was like four levels like i it was it was just super cool that the fan experience was really cool that's saying you're chris bosh were in the hall of fame too right yes i would also say that chris bosh is a hall of famer oh yeah he's, he's he is now. i thought he you were saying what, what were you saying yeah, I was saying that that's the same year Chris Bosh ran the Hall of Fame, too, right? Oh, okay, yeah. 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 I thought you said that Chris Bosh yeah. didn't deserve it, and I was like, oh, Marcus. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> yeah, we're not. I was about to say, come on, man. No. No, no, no. Man. So, let's put a hypothetical scenario in play here. I, again, I don't think this is going to happen this year. Let's just pretend it does. Cavs, Heat, Eastern Conference Finals. Are you going to be, at the very least, a little bit torn on who to root for? I wouldn't be rooting at all. It wouldn't affect me see, either way. See, this, this, is why, this is why I hate Cleveland more. Because <laughs> this is why it's hard for me to, hate, to like Cleveland teams. Because it's people. That's why. This is why. This is why, because it's fans. 
They always put so much high expectations on their teams. It's just... I said it was a hypothetical He said hypothetical. Scenario. Okay, okay. I'm just saying. I won't even consider it as a hypothetical. Because it's... So you're saying it's possible. <laughs> Marcus, you're a troll. You know that? You're like on Joel. I think Marcus just, Marcus just enjoys this. Marcus just oh, enjoys... I won't, I won't even put that into thought of that happening. <laughs> If it were to happen, I wouldn't be rooting either way. I would be fine either way. Okay. So then Miami doesn't ultimately take precedence over Cleveland. In the regular season, they do. I'd rather watch Miami than Cleveland. Okay. But if, if it were to come down to it, I would be fine with either seeing my hometown win or my, my favorite team win. It wouldn't matter to me either way. That's, see, I always felt like... If, again, hypothetical scenario, don't jump below me, Marcus. If the Lakers ever played the Cavs in the finals, I would take precedence over LeBron because I just... LeBron is that one sports entity that I care more about than any other sports team or player or anything. That's just the way I am. So I would root for the Lakers. This year, man, I mean, it's not going to happen, obviously, but, like, if it were to happen this year... I think that when the Cavs play the Lakers again in the regular season, I'm going to root for the Cavs because I think that they have more to play for than the Lakers. Yeah. But I would just hope that LeBron would play good. Okay. Obviously, if they made it to the finals, I'd root for LeBron over the Cavs. It'd be difficult, though, because I didn't expect the Cavs to be this good, and I'm, I'm getting very emotional about how good they are this year, you know? For sure. Like, I'm never hyped up for the Cavs as much as I am, like, any of my other teams, because, like, I'm excited to see that. I'm excited for that, like, of the thought that maybe one day they'll be back. But I didn't think it happened this, this soon. Right. So here I am putting a lot more, like, emotional stock into the Cavs than I usually am. And I'm just so happy about it, man. The Cavs are back. Cavs are back. The Cavs are back. Marcus, what would make you turn into a, a Cleveland fan out of curiosity? They start winning. At the very least, just root for one of them. They win a championship. I mean, the closest I'll become to be to be a Cavs fan is like just reminiscent about the memories. You know, the times when LeBron was here, the times when Mark Price and them. I we got a Sean Kemp Cavs jersey in my closet. (laughs) Guys, I know that's hard. I got I got three Cavs jerseys. One of LeBron, two thousand nine. Yeah, he won MVP, one of his MVPs, his first MVP, and a Mark Price jersey. Okay, okay. So that's the closest I'll become to being a Cavs fan, or even a Browns fan. I'm even thinking about getting a, a Bur- I even saw a Bernie Kosar jersey up at Belder Village Mall. I'm thinking about getting the, the next time I go there. Okay, nice. Um, were you a Cavs fan when they won in 2016? No, I was. <laughs> Not you even you even hop on the bandwagon a little bit. I did with Golden State. Oh, oh so 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 Golden State wins one championship it, it, ever. It's just I was I'm mostly I'm more of a Steph Curry fan. Oh, I'm more of a Steph Curry. I, Marcus, I, like I've been rolling with Steph Curry even before he was first named an All Star. I'm gonna need proof. I don't believe what? I'm gonna need proof. <laughs> I, I've heard that so many truth. times, man. I'm telling you the truth. Like before, like the times when he was he was teaming with, with Monte Ellis. That's when I. That's how long I've been running with Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. So it's rookies. Oh my god. 
Where do you go to school? Davidson. All right. Okay. He's also probably the only player in the NBA. Who passed on him in the draft? Ooh, that's a good, that's a good question. What team oh, passed? The T-Wolves. Yep. Oh, uh, I was going to say, what team passed on him twice? It was some guy named Flynn. Johnny Flynn. Okay. Johnny Flynn. All right. And? There was another team passed on him. They passed on twice. twice. They had two picks in a row. Oh, uh, really? Caleb was in that draft, right? Kevin Love? No. Oh, wait. No. Yeah, I'll give you a hint. He was another guard. Oh, really? Who's still in the NBA. He's hurt right now, but... I'll give you a bigger hint. Was just traded. Just traded. From a team that you do not like, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> wait, was... Oh, not fine, no, not fine. No. Oh. But he was traded from the team that Rondo was just traded to. There we go. Oh, you, that's the biggest hint I can give you. Wait, was it LaVert? Oh, no. Wait, no. Should we give it to him? Ricky Rubio. Oh, Ricky. Oh, yeah, it was Rubio. It was Rubio, Rubio. then Johnny Flynn, then Steph Curry. They really messed up, man. That's why they haven't done anything, you know, in their history. I'm glad I'm not a Timberwolves fan. That's all I got to say about that. Even though they look pretty good this year. They do. They I'm glad I'm not Marcus, man. That's got to get stressful, having to figure out what team you're rooting for all the freaking time. It's stressful to figure out who you don't like. It's you know? frustrating. It's frustrating. <laughs> so what you're saying is that you're frustrated with your current, like, fandom situation. Yeah, like... When you could just pick one team and stick with them. Like, you, you had to see me during the Giants' last Super Bowl season. Like, it was, it was the most... Well, it was the biggest roller coaster ride of emotions I ever took. Like I, I even once cried. I cried my butt off when I saw him losing the Eagles. I was crying every. I was, I was getting teary eyed every, every loss they had. I always get angry. I always get angry every time they lose to the Cowboys. Like, and then see him make it all the way to the Super Bowl and beat the Patriots. Like I was just, I was in tears of joy, honestly. But then you quit. <laughs> Over the, years, over the years. Over the years. Marcus Anderson, fair weather fan. I was, I was sticking him as the long. Moral, the moral of today's I show. Was, I was right. sticking with them as long as, as I could, but it's just I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't take it. <laughs> look, at, look at Logan over here. He's seen the Browns win a playoff game, and he's still riding with them. Yeah, I'm riding with them. Except Mayfield. Except Sorry, Kyle. That's because you're in Cleveland. <laughs> And on that note, that is going to conclude this episode of Sports Power Talk. We recap the Super Bowl once again. Very happy for all the Rams except for Odell. Previewed the All-Star game tonight. Go Team LeBron. Recapped NBA All-Star Saturday night. Skills challenge was really cool. Uh, get rid of the dunk contest or change it to something different. Please, uh, final thoughts from you guys. Go Zips, go Cavs. Shout out my roommate Ripple. Told me to say that. <laughs> Marcus? Uh, just, folks, uh, keep a lookout for what the Washington Commanders could be doing. Is for the last hour, they've making big talks with teams for big-name quarterbacks. And also, shout-out to Steph Curry, who I've been ride and die with for, since okay. day one. Akron native, Davidson alumni, two-time NBA I'm champion. Tempted. <laughs> tempted, but I won't do it. Golden State won't. all the way, oh, get another title. No. Let's get it. <laughs> I have to disagree with that last part. 
But I'm still a Clippers fan, even though sometimes I would. <laughs> what? Even, all right, all right, all right. Even though, right, some, right. Even though sometimes <laughs> I would say they're they're just we're just friends, but I'm I'm lost. I'm lost. You're you're cut. Once again, I have been. Jeff Longville joining me was Logan Congrove, Marcus Anderson. We will see you guys same time, same place next week, right here on 88.1. Peace.